you don't need to be afraid of the bad influences. And that's not to say let them in because you're not afraid of them. That's to say you can easily have discernment. This is bad for me and I don't need it in my life. Hey there, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real authentic and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. Here you'll find helpful information shaped by a biblical worldview on all things marriage related, sex, money, parenting, and so much more. We are Michael and Elizabeth, and welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. Before we dive into our content, we do want to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by the Marriage Talks Patreon page. Links are in the show notes, and you'll find all kinds of really cool things there. There's different tiers, and if you decide to become a part of that, it just helps support the show and the Ministry of Marriage Talks, which we really, really appreciate. So we would love for you to check it out. Yeah, and don't forget to rate and review our podcast. It helps us to be found and kind of spread the word to your friends if you've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of the show. We love hearing that stuff and love seeing the reviews. And we tend to read our reviews we do. here on the air. We do read them. And we also love the shares on social media. We like to, especially on Instagram, because it's so easy to reshare your share as long as you tag us. And um, so if you are enjoying, you know, this week's episode or an old episode, because we have a lot of old stuff that's good. So if you're enjoying it and you share it on Instagram and tag us, we love to reshare that. So we thank you so much for that. Yeah. Can you believe it's been over 70 weeks since we started? Oh my goodness. That's crazy. Yeah. I was so afraid when we started, it would be like, what do we even talk about this week? Marriage, there's only so many things to talk about in I marriage. I know. You were so worried that we would run out of ideas. And me having having had a blog before, it's like, no, we will never run out of ideas. I promise you that. And now you're a believer. <laughs> so far, so good. Actually, my proposal originally was doing a every 14 day, like every two weeks, because I was afraid of running out of content. Nope. We got plenty of things to talk about. Yeah, we actually have a list on Google Docs that has probably 50 like, things we haven't it's like touched yet. It's four pages long. Yep, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. huge. If you live it, in Florida, you know what that yeah, is. Yeah, Central Florida only. <laughs> it's like a knockoff Six Flags commercial. Okay, yeah, it's a good thing that we explain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. Yep. <laughs> Enough regional jokes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am very excited to talk about this because this um, actually like really had, we, we walked through some stuff with, with this particular subject early on in our marriage. And sometimes we still continue to do that. I think we're a little bit better at navigating it, but um, yeah. And definitely on the personal side we have, but it's really a very broad, like wide reaching thing that every single married couple deals with yes. outside influences in their marriage yes. and their effects on their actual marriage. Yes. So this is like one of the most wide reaching things we will cover. Yeah, it is very, I'm just thinking about like our first few years of marriage and like how, Oh my goodness, how many arguments and miscommunications and just strife it caused in our marriage having like subliminal influences that you didn't really realize were influences and then very obvious influences that tried to beat their way into our marriage. Um, It it was hard. (laughs) It's really hard. Early marriage is definitely a very tricky thing to navigate. And if you've been married 
at all. Like if you're brand new married, you're in that. So you know, I'm telling the truth. Yeah. And if you've been through it, you probably remember those you're days like, where yes. <laughs> like you hadn't really developed some of those mechanisms for communication. Yeah. And some people go a really long time and, and some people actually never really develop great communication techniques. Yeah. Uh, but if you do, it can make a very tough thing a lot easier to deal with. Yeah. And so when we talk about outside influences, the obvious ones, the ones that are really in your face are like family and friends. Um, and, you know, if you're a part of a church community, I think that's a, a in, in your face um, influence. But then you like, also... Like in person? No, like... In, in uh, your face is almost always negative. In your face is in like very obvious influence. Like you guys should really be careful about that. Or you should really be doing this as a married couple. Or this is what your marriage should really look like. Negative and bad influence. Like very pointed at you saying, here's what your marriage should look like. Um, good influences and bad influences. And because okay, I'm going to yeah. differentiate. You said negative and bad first. Sorry. You're talking about. Positive and negative. Like okay. in your face influences. Like obviously gospel centered marriage. That's an in your face clear way of positive of demonstrating what your marriage should look like. And then you could have a friend or a family member who is negatively influencing your marriage and say, you fill in the blank of something bad. Okay. You know, those are like, to me, in your face, obvious influences. And the ones that are subliminal are social media and entertainment, um, books, things like that, where it's not necessarily saying, here's how your marriage should be, but here's what maybe this marriage looks like in a book or a movie or a TV show. Those are like subliminal ones that if you consume enough of it, so like that person who really likes erotic fantasy novels and they're just not good to read, you're getting a subliminal feeding of what a relationship quote should look like, which is not true. Let's just say that right now. It's always on. <laughs> the, the chemical is amazing. It's it's um it's just a very false picture and just not a healthy thing to com- to constantly take in. Yeah. Um, to take in at all, really, in my opinion. But yeah, so I would definitely agree with the kind of delineation of the two things. You could even name them like the people influences and the like media ones. I think those are kind of similar yeah. in what you're talking about. Yeah, they can have a outsized effect on your actual mar- marriage and like how you view your spouse too. Yeah. It's all about the expectations and kind of, it's a big deal. Yes. And, and like I said before, not every influence is good or bad. You have to really see it for what it is and um, not either get caught up in the emotion or the excitement of something and so that you can really decipher is this good or bad like discernment does not come without practice and wisdom you're not going to get it unless you study the word and ask for it (laughs) um it's very the word is very clear about that Uh, it's not just like something you wake up and say hmm i'm just full of wisdom yeah there we go no this is like years and years of refining and being in the word and being in prayer being sharpened by the word it that's how you attain discernment and wisdom by being in those situations and being in the word and consuming that so that you can see right from wrong. Yeah. And, and also just asking the Lord for wisdom in these types of things. Just like, yes. help me to help me to discern good influences from bad and surround myself with 
more good influences and be able to kind of remove bad influences. Now, that's, this is also something we talked about when we were kind of coming up with the show notes too, and it may be skipping ahead a little bit, but we'll come back to it. Removing every single bad influence completely from your life, while it's kind of impractical, first of all, it's also like kind of we are we are in the world. There's going to be some influences that affect you. And to be completely isolated all the time from all people who don't see the same things you do or believe the same things and cutting off all TV, movies, books, and entertainment, not reasonable, but also like that's where the discernment comes from. If you're in the world, you're going to see some stuff, hear some stuff that doesn't really jive, just know the difference basically. Yeah. So I have two things to say about that. I'm glad you brought that up because it it came about because... I it's like a year or two ago, I kept hearing over and over and over again, these people who are not really Christians, um, really like, it's not reflective in scripture, the saying that they're putting out is something to the effect of only surround yourself with five people who are like just above your level or like at your level and higher. And meaning like anybody who sucks life from you or pulls you down doesn't deserve your company or your attention is is basically like the gist of this saying. And I was like, how arrogant, how pompous of somebody to say, I'm not going to, you're not worth my time because you don't add anything to my life. Like that's incredibly selfish. And as a Christian, where's the witness? <laughs> like, well, and who, who are you discipling if there's no person who is like less like mature in their faith or something like that? Like if somebody, if a high school student were to say, Hey, I, I see that you're doing things really well. I want to be mentored by yeah, and you. Like you don't, you don't bring me up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. you don't. Bring, you're not nah. up to my level or higher. So no. And yeah, like that's a you, weird message. You, it is terrible. Where that came from. Now you do need people who like lift you up and keep you in like stay the course, run the race, like just like Paul says. You need to continue to be in the word and like stirring you on, spurring you on towards studying the word and and continuing to like further your relationship with the Lord. You need those people. And those people are like, you know, if you want to think about it above or below, like those people are like, you know, above your level spiritually. The people who are below your level spiritually deserve your time as well. That's loving people. You know, if, if you didn't do that, you wouldn't talk to like anybody out in the world. Like you wouldn't be salt and light. And that's what we're called to do. Like that is straight scripture. (laughs) Like, There's no getting around that. And so when we're talking about good influences versus bad influences, there's just, it's not realistic to be able to get rid of all your bad influences because a bad influence could be a family member that you can't cut off. And the second thing I want to say about that, and I can't remember if I have said this in in a previous episode, but I was once told a story about a girl that this person knew who worked at a bank and her first month there, she was being shown real money, like real legit money, cash over and over and over again, count and sort. And there, her, she was only dealing with real money. And then after a month, they would slip like one fake one in and then a few more and then a few more. But because she dealt with first real money and getting used to what that looks like, what it feels like, how how heavy is it, you know, what it feels like in her hand and like specific markings and mm. thing like that, things like that. It was so easy for her to see the false things. 
So how does that apply to good influences versus bad influences? You need the good influences in your life and being in the word and being rooted solidly in that, being a part of a church community that values marriage and the gospel-centered marriage. You don't need to be afraid of the bad influences. And that's not to say let them in because you're not afraid of them. That's to say you can easily have discernment. This is bad for me and I don't need it in my life. And so you can stand with confidence and discernment that you can say, this does not belong in my marriage and I'm not going to listen to this or maybe it's some sort of like entertainment media. I don't need to consume this anymore. That type of thing. Yeah. That was a lot, but yeah, I felt like it was worth saying. Rapid fire, baby. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's really important to start kind of from the beginning and kind of define, I know if you've listened before, you know, Elizabeth likes her definitions. So we kind of want to define the foundational thing we're talking about and basically how do you even know what is a good influence and a bad influence it's like a bad influence technically in our in our kind of context is anything that pulls you off of the kind of pre-agreed upon direction of your marriage so you and your spouse should sit down or have hopefully already have and sit down like these are the values for our marriage it's awesome, honestly awesome if you do this while you're engaged and kind of start that off. Well, yeah, and to first. make sure that you both agree on like those things and not to say that if you disagree, you need to call it off, but just knowing that like these things are important to me, these things are important to you. We just need to understand that it's a give and take and we need to learn to take those to scripture and see what is the best version of that. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to is, you know, the Bible's full of um, of advice about marriage and relationships and kind of God's plan for a marriage. What's the purpose of a man and a woman coming together, raising a family and spending their life here together. And basically that's it. If your, if your view of your marriage doesn't jive with that, I would encourage you to get it in alignment with that. So that's kind of what we're talking about. And that's, that's kind of the gist of how to, determine if something's kind of pulling you away from that vision or towards. Yeah. And until you have those values and convictions that are biblically sound, those values, those marriage values in our experience are going to go by the wayside. There's, there's not much root to them. There's not much um, strength to them. And so it's kind of like a setting a, a um, picture of what we want our marriage to look like based on emotion. Well, your emotions aren't reliable. So so don't do that. <laughs> Base it on something that is never changing and that will stand the test of time, which is why we are constantly going back to the Bible and biblical knowledge and saying, does, does this align with the word? And if it doesn't, then it might be a preference. You know, it might be a preference of maybe like how we spend time or something like that. But, you know, like the solid blueprint of your marriage and our experience needs to be biblically sound for it to stand against any negative influence that is trying to penetrate into your marriage, which is all the time. Oh, yeah. Every day, all the time. Oh, yeah. Inescapably. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So once once you have the blueprint down, you can navigate any challenges a lot more easy. Yeah, for sure. Easily. For sure. Yeah, I agree with that. It's kind of like having a directions to where you want to go. Like you're going to make it to your destination if you have correct directions. If you are just like, ah, 
throw the map away and let's just figure our way there. It's like, you might have some cool stories, but <laughs> you're not going to make it to your destination and uh, it's not really going to serve its purpose. Yeah, he just turned it to a 20s mobster. Ah, ah throw the map away, yeah, see? Yeah, <laughs> Did you know there's a there's a podcaster who has a son named Muggsy? You've told me that. Wendell told you. Yeah. It's yeah, funny. That's funny. Anyway. All right, so we always want to pull in. One of my favorite things about the podcast is getting to kind of share personal examples. Yes. Because we could easily like bark orders at you like, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. You know, this, that, and the other. But it, it's it's kind of interesting. It, it was hard at first, but kind of sharing those examples of how we messed up. And what we did to fix it and the kind of fruit of our solution. Yeah, it's extremely freeing, by the way, to admit them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So one of our easiest examples to pull up was a media-based example. Yes. And this may be something that when we share this that you are like, I have something very similar in my past, too. Or maybe in your present. Oh, yeah. That's the other (laughs) thing. Maybe in your present. So early on in our marriage, I was like obsessed with watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's extremely entertaining. Uh, Yeah. If you like train wrecks. (laughs) It's extremely entertaining. Um, You know, reality TV. Although I'm not like a really big reality TV person. And maybe it's basically it. I think that's the only one you've ever watched. Yeah. But I was watching it all the time. And I I noticed... Thankfully, it doesn't continue now because, well, man, we would it would be bad. But we're talking like five years ago now that this was going on. It's been oh, a long yeah. time. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, so I was watching it a lot, and I would notice not right at first, but you know, a year or two into watching it, I noticed like after I finish an episode, I am like emotionally charged, like. <laughs> Michael's making a face at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I'd just be like, "It was bad." I'd be like, "Why don't you listen to me?" And like all these whiny things. Yeah, she and ran, like, up, ran up the credit card, I did not do that. and bought a Lamborghini. I, did not do that. I definitely did not do that. <laughs> no, we would have. We would not be able no, to, no, no. to do that. Um, but just have this like really like posh attitude, and I was like, once I noticed it, I was like, "What is?" happening and you had asked me to stop watching it because it was also like it's just trash tv Mm -hmm. it does not bring anything good into my life (laughs) and into our marriage and so it was really affecting me like personality wise just like constantly soaking in their issues and their emotions and that's what happens those are subliminal influences and books and media and movies and like i mean Seriously, when you look at a movie and there's like a sex scene in a movie, that is not what sex is actually like. And so we carry that subliminal fantasy, that subliminal like, oh, this is what my sex life is going to be like with my spouse. And then there's a rude awakening (laughs) that it's not like that. And it takes time to get to an amazing place with your spouse. But the point being is that these are things that like, we don't even register that they're influencing the way that we're thinking and perceiving ourselves and our relationships. And it's really, really dangerous, really dangerous. And so stopped watching that. And, and I would use the excuse like, Oh, it's my guilty pleasure. (laughs) It took a long time for me to get here. But (laughs) when you, when you label something a guilty pleasure, it's just making you feel better that you're watching or consuming something 
that is not good for you. Also, it's easy like, oh, it's my one guilty pleasure. But if you're honest, like you probably have like 10. (laughs) Yeah, it's, and I'm saying that because I like, I had like a come to Jesus moment with myself about that. So this is not like me saying you need to straighten up and I'm going to just do my own thing over here. This is like, no, I've, I've come to this conclusion and that is really just a false justification that makes us feel better about consuming content that we just really don't need to consume. It, it has no place. It doesn't bring us closer together. It doesn't lift us up. It doesn't spur us on to strengthen our relationship with the Lord. Like, and that's not to say that we don't, you know, watch things like the office or parks and rec or, you know, like things that we can kind of turn our brain off. Yeah. We're really into Dawson's Creek now, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like things that are like, overboard guilty pleasures you know what i mean like yeah like i was saying earlier those like fantasy novels don't read those <laughs> yeah basically and and you know you know what's good for you and what's not we all know it yeah um and just it's just to basically keep it in check and just ask yourself is this show is this book is this conversation or relationship like helping me in my marriage helping me steer you know into the word and the biblical view of my marriage or is it taking me away is it making me long for something else someone else or something slightly different in my own marriage and so if the answer is is yes or no i kind of framed it different ways but if the answer is that (laughs) it's pulling you away yeah if it pulls you away then let's let's remove it yeah and even if even in those like obvious influences like a family member or a friend telling you like well you guys should really spend more time apart no you shouldn't (laughs) how many headlines have we seen in 2020 that says so and so and so and so are spending lots of time apart to reconcile their marriage okay, give that about six months at the most. Let's see what the headlines say. And it always comes through that these people are not together anymore. Spending time apart does not bring you closer to your spouse. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. I think that's so obvious too. I don't really get that whole thing. I I guess it's like by that point, you've probably given up. I don't know. I guess every situation is different, but it doesn't seem like the right solution. Like if you're out of gas in your car and... I don't even know where this example is going. Like, I just nothing else makes sense to me. It's just yeah. very interesting. It's not. Weird. You don't work through your problems separately. You know, if some, if one person, like I've talked about on here before, that I have anxiety, and um, you can go back and listen to that. Uh, loving your spouse with anxiety, and that is that is like solely a me thing that I'm dealing with, and I will go to therapy for that. Um. That's in that's in the works for the future. That's not something necessarily that Michael needs to come with me. You know, that's a thing that I have to work on for myself. But if we have something in our marriage that is like really tearing us apart, I don't even know if an example, but going... You buying Lamborghinis on credit? <laughs> yeah, like a spe- if it's a, if it's a spending habit, you know, like one of us is is can't, can't like can't stop spending, and we and it is causing a lot of issues. That is a huge thing in marriages. That's a great example. We need to go to therapy together <laughs> for that yep. to work through that to have a mediator because if it's gotten to the point where one of us is racking up thousands and thousands of dollars on a credit card or multiple credit cards, clearly what we're doing 
in our house to try and fix it is not working. So we need to work together to walk through that, not take some time apart to reflect and feel, see how we can be better people. Yeah. No. Sorry. Rant over. <laughs> I am like charged about Fiery. this, guys. So on this episode, what I did is like, I kind of felt like our energy was low and I wanted to get it up. So I um, played some like dubstep and I think it really affected Elizabeth. <laughs> She's fired up. I just, I just get so passionate about it. And I'm like, guys, this is such a silly thing. Don't do this. Like it's so, like you said before, it's so obvious that spending time apart isn't healthy. It's not helpful to reconcile the marriage. Yeah. We're going to move on to the next point. Otherwise I'll be on it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's basically what, what we were kind of talking about earlier is does this thing or person or relationship bring you closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. closer to your spouse or away? You can kind of sum it up from Philippians 4, 8. Mm. Um, so the, it's Paul talking to church at Philippi, but obviously it's applicable for everybody. Yeah. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Mm, I love that. And I do want to say for context, because it's really important. Anytime you're using scripture, you can't just, I mean, you can, it's not right. It's not recommended. It's not right to just pull out a verse and say, here, this applies here. No, we need to go back and look at context. And when I was researching this, just to make sure that I I like, I knew what it was talking about, but I was like, I want to make sure that I really know what it is and on all that. So I went back and I read the chapter before and it's him encouraging them to stay the course, to run the race, which is to be salt and light and to be Christ-like and to continue to be in the word and to like live your life as a Christian. And so it's not just like whatever is good and whatever is right. And then you just make like a list of things that are good and right. It's like biblically, like think upon the Lord. He is good. He is right. He is pure. He is um, lovely. He is excellent. He is admirable. It's all those things. Think upon those things. It's coming back to the gospel. It's coming back to Jesus. It's coming back to that and not just like a list of good lovely, admirable. So there's a differentiation there and context is everything when you're talking about scripture. And so this applies to influences. Like Michael was saying, does it measure well against the word? Is it of God? And if it's not, then it's not an influence that, you know, you need to be taken to heart. Yeah, so somebody comes at you with some advice like, hey, I know you you and your wife are having some problems. Maybe you should try, you know, an open marriage or something like that. And you know for a fact that that's not going to jive with what Scripture says. Like, there you go. You've got your yeah. you've got your blueprint. It doesn't match. Yeah. Boom. That advice is out of there. Yeah. And or, hopefully you can recognize that from such a crazy example. Yeah. Or another one that really is, it seems... Like it would be obvious, um, but unfortunately in many marriages, it's not. Um, If you're having intimacy issues and somebody suggests that you consume some porn, that is not biblical and that will not bear fruit in your marriage. It won't. 
People just think that, you know, it's going to arouse a fantasy. No, it's not. It's there's just countless, countless like marriages that fall apart for less than that. Yeah. But truly, guys, that's not going to to benefit your marriage. It's not going to draw you closer together. It's not going to bring you into the word. And so that's why it's important when you're when you're talking to your spouse about this blueprint for your marriage. It's got to be biblically sound because you can have this emotional rise of, you know, somebody suggested we have an open marriage. Well, that's new and different and could be exciting. Let's suppress the emotion for a minute. Let's measure it against the word. It's just not, it's not going to hold up. And so that's why it's good to have an absolute truth, the word, an absolute truth in your marriage, the center of your marriage, so that you can say, you know what? That's good. Let's keep doing that. You know what? That's bad. Let's, we don't need it. Yeah. But it's also, you definitely don't want to have like outside, obviously poor influences in your life. Mm -hmm. But again, you also don't want to always surround yourself with just yes men. Yes, people, yeah. Yeah. Because um, yeah. that uh, that obviously has no gain too. Because some of some of my most uh, dynamic and like amazing friendships have been with people who would push me. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, especially like high school or something when you're just constantly making dumb decisions, like. If you have somebody who will actually say, hey, guess what? That's actually a bad decision. Here's why. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's easy as a young person or a more mature person to just make bad decisions from time to time when you are faced with a a choice. Yeah. So if you have somebody who will call out your bad choices Mm -hmm. and not be afraid of you getting mad at them, that is always, always a good person to keep around. Yeah. And it's good to, if you have a relationship like that, really be thankful for it. Um, because it can just be extremely detrimental to your life. If you have a friend who, and that's not to say that they're a bad friend. It just means that that's not the person you go to, to ask for advice, um, to ask for wisdom. Um, if we seek out people who are going to tell us what we want to hear, that's a red flag. Don't, don't do that. Um, really ideally, um, you want your spouse to be the person who gracefully and lovingly calls you out on your junk. Says, you know, what, what you did wasn't cool. That really hurt me. Yeah. I would say that we have a very healthy (laughs) way of doing this. And when I say that, like Elizabeth has never been a sugar coating kind of girl. (laughs) And there are times I'm like, oh, I just wanted you to like, whatever. And, uh, but at the same time, like in the moment, sometimes that's so frustrating, but at this, at the same time, there's an honesty to that. And I truly am grateful. Usually after the fact, (laughs) it's never good to hear that you did something wrong or the decision that you made is bad. And because we always want to be right. We always want an ego boost. It builds our flesh up. We, you know, that's, that's human nature, but it's, it's like, it has taken us a long time and it's taken me specifically a long time to become, um, and I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm constantly a work in progress. Always sanctification will always be there, but, um, approaching Michael when he has done something that isn't right and saying, you know, you fill in the blank of whatever it is. We need to talk about this. We need to kind of 
get back in line and like really be on the same page together. And it has taken a lot of um, work and prayer and studying the word and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit on my part um, for me personally to asking the Lord to soften my heart towards people. Um, it's not me praying, why can't Michael just get his act together or like make better decisions or be more patient? That's not what I'm, what I'm praying for is, is that what for me was a very early misguided prayer for Michael. It's Lord change my husband. <laughs> yeah, I'm great, but change him. That's not the way to pray for your spouse. Um, in fact, that will cause a lot of issues, but it was just me praying like, Lord, please soften my heart, be more gracious Give me more patience. Give me um, your love and mercy to extend because I obviously I am not doing it well on my own. Yeah, it reminds me of um, I've been really struggling at nighttime with patience with our kids. We have three kids and it's been like, oh my goodness, I'm starting to dread bedtime and I'm starting to get, I'm turning into a person at nighttime that I don't want my kids to be around, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. short-tempered, angry, I just lose my cool. I'm just like almost stomping my feet. I'm so mad. And what I've been praying for lately, which has been really, really amazing, like two nights in a row, I actually had a reminder on my phone go off too to to just keep in prayer Mm -hmm. about this, but just to remember to chill out and just have fun. Mm -hmm. Still get them in bed at a reasonable time, but just basically it was a, it was me changing. The kids they're kids young. Are gonna be they're kids. not going to be. De- they're, they're too energetic at night. That's just how it is. Well, they're not also necessarily doing anything wrong per se. They're yeah, just it's just being their nature. A kid. Yeah, but it was me that changed, <laughs> and it's been so nice. It's like I felt better going to bed. Yeah. It's like that was a fun night with the kids, all the way through till they were like out. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with them. So don't always be praying that somebody else change. Also, ask yourself and ask the Lord to change your heart too. Yeah. Because we can all, there's always work to be done. Let me tell you, we are not, this side of heaven, if you're a Christian, you are not at your holy. <laughs> like, yeah. God transforms you when your earthly body passes away. <laughs> it's like Steve Harvey from his uh, like 20-year-old thing. He ain't done with me yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is not. So it's it's a work in progress, guys. Seriously, we are, this year, this will air in 2021, I think, Um Either way, in 2021, we will have hit our um, 10 years together married and 14 years together overall. And we yeah. we work on it constantly, guys. This is like, this is a daily thing. We got it all figured out. So we wanted to share with you guys all of our secrets. <laughs> no, no, but it's just us sharing like, guys, this really, really messed with us early on in marriage and has taken a lot of growing. And, and I know that, growing in real time feels agonizing because it is because it's changing you it's refining you oh yeah um but it's keeping that mindset of the long-term goal and where you want to eventually be and it's just not going to happen overnight and i have learned fairly recently uh within the past year or two just to enjoy the growth process Because even though while it is very hurtful and a lot of times brings me to tears and on my knees, but there's such beautiful intimacy in my relationship with the Lord. And it has done such amazing things for our marriage. Like, whoa, 
so many amazing things. Seriously. Y'all can't see this, but she's tearing up pretty bad. <laughs> it it just has really, really strengthened us. Um, it we've we've had twenty 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 was was hard for us, and there was a lot of growing pains, a lot of a lot of struggle. Yeah, and I think one thing that's really helped recently is slowing down a lot mm. and being okay with the slowdown. Yeah. Like one of the things we fell into for several months of 2020 in particular was just grinding it out like every single night mm. on different things, the the podcast, the audio, the website, the ideas list, you name it, got other irons in the fire we want to pursue and it's good to it's good to work but we lately have been kind of slowing, just yeah. purposefully, meaningfully slowing things down yeah. and spending our time a little more wisely yeah. on projects that we really are like connected to and really move the podcast forward. Yeah. And then also taking some nights off, yeah. which I find has been really, really helpful <laughs> for yeah. me especially. It's been really good to be forced to be super intentional about the time that we're working on the podcast and not just like, we never want to throw content out just to throw it out. We want to be really, really intentional about what we're recording, what we're putting out there, and making sure that it is that it is true and it is good and it is helpful. Yeah. And so, this script tonight is actually was uh, <laughs> version two. Yes. Actually, more like version three. The first one was kind of mishmashed and not really yeah. conclusive. And so, yeah, we always want to kind of bring good stuff to y'all that really helps strengthen Mm -hmm. and just support you guys Mm -hmm. because again you guys are the reason we do this stuff and we love it yeah we've gotten a lot of good feedback lately and we really appreciate it it's been so good i don't know how many people listen to the very end of these things but if you did we appreciate you the (laughs) person who stays around yes and before we close everything out we do want to let you know the challenge the challenges we feel are super important this is where like the change happens in your marriage everything that we've said up until now is great and it's good and it for us it's super well intentioned to help encourage you to a stronger marriage but if you don't actually put it into practice then these words don't mean anything and I know for me I've always been like how do I get their marriage like how do I they seem so strong they seem so like in the word and they they like they've they've built a really great legacy with their their marriage and I was like I want that I don't necessarily want like their their like you know their relationship like you know what i mean like what did they do to get there and so i like those tangible things that you can put into practice and that's why we created the challenges and so our challenge for you this week is in the next seven days to sit down with your spouse and to basically create a um, marriage blueprint for your relationship and so We highly encourage you to go to the word. If you need help with it, we are more than happy to answer any questions. If we don't know the answer, we will seek out people who are more knowledgeable than us. (laughs) And we have a lot of those people in our lives um, that we can ask for help with, which is what we constantly do. Yeah. And we're not always yes men either. No. We'll be nice, but... I will be, I will be, yeah, I, I make sure like if anybody ever emails me or, or asks us a question and we've had some difficult questions asked. Yeah, we have um, very like surprising stuff. Like, very, wow, that's deep. 
which I so appreciate that somebody feels um, like they can trust us. And I will give you a biblical answer. And it may not necessarily be what you, uh, it's not going to be a yes <laughs> answer. I'm um, not going to be a yes man, because I want to encourage you to have a gospel centered marriage. And so um, it'll be challenging. And, and and these are things that we, Michael and I talk about. And some of them are really difficult conversations, but they have yep. produced so much amazing fruit. And I, I look forward to the, the growth that we have in the years to come. Yeah. If it's not hard, it's probably not growing you too much and you're not really moving forward. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I read something, and I know this one's a long episode, but um, I was just reminded as you were saying some of that stuff that um, the word is designed to cut, you know, mm-hmm. cut away, cut mm-hmm. away the junk to basically or to burn um burn away the garbage and leave leave the refined stuff so yeah if you if everything you ever consume at your church or you only cherry pick scripture that makes you feel good Mm -hmm. then you're skipping out on a lot of the amazing purpose of the word which is to refine us which is not fun just sanctification yeah that is this side of heaven sanctification yeah it don't feel good yeah but it's good i wonder how many people are going to hear this end part (laughs) it's good stuff (laughs) we got real good at the end all right so again we love you guys thank you so much we do this for you yeah (laughs) thank you guys and we'll see you next week for another episode